Well, good morning and welcome to The Drive. Hope everyone is doing well today. We have been going through the little letter to the Philippians from Paul. As Paul was in prison, this is one of uh, Paul's prison epistles. And we've taken a look at chapter 1 and chapter 2. And today we're going to take a look at chapter 3. Just going to kind of give an overview, a couple couple points. I mean, every verse is a sermon kind of thing uh, in the book of Philippians, book of joy. Um, so in this chapter, in, in Philippians chapter 3, I love the first thing Paul says in the first verse, which is rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, if you remember, Paul is not in ideal circumstances. So I, I think, I mean, a lot of the sermons that I give all of them I don't give unless they speak to me first like I want them to speak to my heart personally right and so this is the same with anyone who preaches the word I believe and so when Paul was saying rejoice in the Lord he wasn't just talking to to the Philippians right to the believers in Philippi he was talking to himself like we have to remind ourselves and encourage ourselves and our own hearts in the Lord at, at some points especially when we're going through dire circumstances okay rejoice in the Lord guys and you every time I'm serious. Every time I preach, every time I get up there and talk about the Word, I'm not just talking to the congregation. I am talking to myself. I am reminding myself. And Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. And he gives a little exhortation about being um, being aware and to beware of those who are want to bring you down as believers. He talks about having no confidence in the flesh. And and I love what he says in verse uh, 7, I believe, where he says, What things were gained to me, these I've, I have counted lost for Christ. I love that because all the things that we gain for our own selfish, whatever, our own selfish motivations, like those things, are a loss for Christ. Like we're not living for ourselves. Right? The world doesn't revolve around us. Sometimes we live like the world revolves around me. Us, I, all right, but it doesn't. It doesn't. And Paul goes on as he's exhorting them, as he's telling them to beware, as he's talking about the resurrection, uh, the fellowship of Jesus' suffering, you know. Um, but I love what he says because, okay, there's a suffering. Paul's in prison, he's referring back to the suffering of Jesus, right? And I love what he says in all humility uh, in, in verse 12 and on, where he talks about that he hasn't attained anything. Um, he's not perfected. But what he does is press on. He continues to go forward. Why? To lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. He hasn't counted himself to have apprehended, right? And I love it, man. I love, I, you know, this is a New Year's message, but it's an everyday message. He's forgetting those things which are behind. And he's reaching forward to those things which are ahead. He pressed towards the goal of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Like Paul had a goal. He wasn't just randomly, by chance, floating through life, hoping to be used by God. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. He knew. Like he had actually a defined goal to live by, to live for, and that was to press on for Jesus, to, to live for eternal rewards. Paul wasn't doing this to be seen. He wasn't going on his three missionary journeys and a couple, uh, couple journeys to Rome. Like, he wasn't doing this because, man, hopefully I'll get my name out. 
you know, Paul wasn't doing it because he's like, well, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, I'm doing all the hashtags I can. I'm trying to make a name for myself, you know, like Paul didn't do that, you know, and it reminds me of John the Baptist. He didn't do that. He came proclaiming Jesus. Paul didn't come proclaiming himself. He wasn't like, look out, look at what I'm doing. You see all the stuff I'm doing? Man, you see me preaching? I'm preaching now. This is a good sermon. No, he didn't. Horrible, right? He, he was humble. He had a goal. And in another place, he says, my goal is to please him. Paul's goal was to please God and work for eternal rewards. That's why he was doing what he was doing. I love it. I love it. And so Paul doesn't think of himself as having attained anything. And I think some spiritual leadership acts like they've attained and they're much higher up on the um, status scale than their congregants. And I think that's horrible. I think that's a horrible outlook. Totally not even biblical. Do you respect, you know, leadership within the church that God's called them to those certain you know, position, sure. Just like you work for a boss, they're in that certain role, you're in a certain role, you respect their position, they respect yours. But it's not like you're way up here and I'm way down here. That's not how it is at all. And it should never be like that. Never. And so Paul's just saying, forget those things. Don't let those things from the past, don't let those things behind you pull you down move forward press on towards the goal you have a goal and make sure you know what your goal is right make sure you know what you're doing and why you're doing it because people aren't going to get behind a vision that you have unless you give them a defined goal and reason for why you're doing what you're doing you know if you're just like i don't know why i'm doing this this is just what we're doing are you guys behind me that's not really going to be very motivating to me i'm not really going to be like wow that's amazing what a word that was you know i'm going to be like we we have no clue what you're doing so why would i follow you do you know what i'm saying like if you're going to lead you need to have a defined reason and you need to have the why answered and paul did paul did he wasn't just like let the lord lead i don't know what's going to happen like he had a goal did god sometimes change his goal like restricting him to go to certain areas sure but he had a goal. He had a purpose. He had a reason to do what he was doing, you see. And here's what, what set Paul apart too, what made him um, even more of an avid follower of Jesus. Here's what it was. He recognized in verse 20 of Philippians 3 that his citizenship was in heaven. <laughs> like he was living for heaven. Like his real home was in heaven. That's why Paul didn't get too comfortable on this earth. He didn't get settled in and go, okay, I'm settled in. I retired from the Christian life. I'm not going to do anything. Unless someone comes up to me and asks me a question, then I'll do something. But I'm not going to be active in it. No, that's, you're a believer for life, right? It's not like a job where you work, you know, 20 to 30 years and then you retire and get a pension and your rewards are waiting in heaven as you just hang out and do nothing, right? The Christian life isn't that, right? It continues on. And that shouldn't be like, oh, no. That should be like, yes. I'm alive again. I have more time to live for the Lord. I have more time to glorify Him. I have more time to redeem the time and live for what matters. Rather than living for these things, I make no difference to anyone. You see? And I promise I'm not yelling. I'm just getting passionate about this. I mean, Paul was heavenly minded. That's why he was earthly good. 
He wasn't so heavenly minded that he wasn't any earthly good. He was so um, on fire on the earth because he focused on heaven and the goal for which he was running towards, which was Christ, which was to glorify him, which was to live for him, which was to see many souls saved. What a goal. That was his calling. And may our calling be defined. May we know the why of what we're doing. And may the why of what we're doing have everything to do with being eternally focused. Because our citizenship is in heaven. It's not on earth. Aren't you glad? Because it can be kind of crazy on the earth. It can be kind of stressful on the earth. It can be kind of... Um, there can be anxiety on the earth. There can be de- sadness and depression on the earth. There can be darkness and dimness on the earth. Aren't you glad your citizenship is not on the earth? If, if you think about it, this is the worst it can get right now on the earth. Like, this is the worst it can get. Heaven. Whew, heaven is our home. And there's not going to be any weeping, crying, sorrow, despair, anxiety, stress. There's going to be none of that. That's why sometimes when we go through difficulties, we're like, ah, I just want to be in heaven. Like, Lord, just come back right now. Like, I just want to be with you. I don't want any more sorrow, pain, heartache. I don't want any more busyness, this craziness, or this chaos. Just come back. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready to be with you. Why do we say that? Because we know how amazing heaven is going to be. And we know that the suffering and the difficulty that we're going through right now on earth, it's all part of the plan because it's going to be worth it in the end because even as we're going through it we can praise him knowing he's with us knowing that we have a goal and our goal isn't to make ourselves happy our goal is to live to please the Lord and live for eternal things we're working not for earthly rewards we're not working for a pat on the back we are living and working for eternal rewards and they pay the best dividends it's amazing guys it's amazing so Paul continues on in here in Philippians chapter 3. And um, what a blessing. We'll look at the last chapter, Philippians chapter 4, next time. So God bless you guys. Hope you have an awesome and an amazing day. And we'll talk to you next time.